So he had a great idea of giving you the opportunity this time to tell as long your as testimony. The new year with how you came to Jesus. Good. It's gonna be a surprise because I wouldn't show up every time. That part out. There's no editing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're dumb as we look, you know? <laughs> My testimony, huh? Mm -hmm. you, well, I think starts out as just back as early as I can remember as being a, as far as a family, family circle or life come to at five years old is when I found out my mom was bawling and she told all the kids come in the house, we need to have a family meeting and came in the house and she said, Dennis is moving out and that's my youngest brother with his dad and we're getting a divorce. And so that was the earliest I remember. And I'm like, well, dad, if you're taking my brother, you know, I want to go with you. And, uh, oh. First time in my life I'd seen a man, him cry. He was a Marine, he was a tough guy, you know, and he was crying and he looked down at me and said that, uh, I can't take you, you're not my son. Wow. And it's the hardest thing I can do to tell you this, but, and so this man that I thought was my dad was, finding out was not my dad, and the guy that was my dad didn't admit I was his son. Yeah. So that was something that affected me throughout my life. And uh, growing up in a single house with a mother, I was the technical, the man of the house that started at eight years old. <laughs> you know, at wow. eight years old. And you know me, I'll start sweating now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm at eight years old and I can remember my mom, we'd come home from all day and it was dark like this in the winter time, you know, mm -hmm. and she'd sit, they would come home and my mom would say, Eric, go check the house. I'm like, go check the house. She's like, and we were living in Wildwood then. And it was right when the first, the prison first started. And oh. so I'd be, go check the house. I'm eight years old. I'm a little boy, you know? I'm like, what am I going to do if somebody's in there? <laughs> You're the man of the house. Go check the house. And so this was my life growing up. I, you know, I'd protect my mom from guys and, would, she's the type of person that would live here in Alaska and want to be in Idaho or want to be in Washington. And when we were down there, she'd want to be in Alaska. Oh, and wow. so I was always on the reservation or in Alaska here or never in one spot long enough to keep good friends. Mm -hmm. Except friends here that I'd have when we'd come back, you know, that I'd re meet my Kinda family. Reconnect. Growing up like that, and so for most of my life was around the reservation, growing up knowing the, and being taught about the Creator, and how He had created everything, the rocks, the water, the air, and how He created us, and uh, how we would give, to give honor to Him every morning when you wake up. Mm. And as we wake up in the mornings and, you know, thank our Creator for another day, for the breath in our lungs, and for uh the birds in the air, the sun. And this was a morning ritual for me for m almost all my life. But I always knew there was something missing because I, I knew the Creator, but there was something there not there, you know, that I was missing. Yeah. 
And coming later in life, we learned about this. You know, on the reservations, you'd see the religious folks talking about Jesus and how much he was about love, and then they'd show this hatred and this prejudice. And so yeah. everybody on the re reservations, like, you know, if that's, if that's your Jesus, we don't want him. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, what you're showing us is not what we want. Right. And so when I, I first come to know the Lord seven years ago now, and that was when I first opened my Bible, the first thing I came to was I start just opened the Bible, and the first thing I opened said to honor your mother and your father. I'm like, that ain't happening. Because <laughs> I hated this man for over 40 years, you know. And uh, I'm like, no, I ain't doing it. And for like two weeks, I'm arguing, and I can feel this weight on me. And it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And I finally give in. I'm like, okay. I forgive this guy, you know, and he's like, I, the first time I'd ever heard a voice in my, in my head, not really knowing yet that there was the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit, and I'm hearing, he doesn't even know you hate him. Wow. I'm like, right away, I'm like, I'm not calling this guy. <laughs> And again, two weeks, and I'm it's getting heavier and heavier on my chest. You know that weight, and you just feel like bricks are getting stacked on you when you're not obeying. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, I give in, and I'm like, "How am I going to get a hold of this guy?" So I looked him up on Facebook, and sure enough, his name was on Facebook. And so I'm, I call the number, and his wife answered, and she's like, "Hello." She's like, this is his wife, but he'll be home in like a half an hour, call back. And I didn't leave a name or not, you know, a number or nothing. So I called back and said, hello, my name's, and before I could even say my name, he's like, I know who this is. I'm like, how do you know who this is? He's like, there's only one person that from Alaska that would be calling me. And right away, instantly, I knew that this guy did know who I was, you know. And all those years I had been something that wasn't the truth that I had been lied to about not knowing that my father denied it, you know, didn't admit that I was his kid. So all those years he did know I was his kid. And we talked and talked for a long time and he started telling me about how he would sit in the distance and uh, watch me as I was growing up and my sister, which by this time, I, you know, I'm, I'm breaking down and because <laughs> this is a guy that I hated my whole life and <laughs> finding out that he had actually been watching, you know, me and, you know, and did have a feelings about it. And, and so we talked for about a half an hour, 45 minutes and agreed to meet each other. And uh, I went to hang up the phone, and next thing I know, I best thing I could describe is like every single emotion in your whole entire being is rushing through you in a tornado. Wow. 
and I was on the ground and I couldn't get up and I was crying and laughing and <laughs> <laughs> shaking, you know, and convulsing and I'm trying to get up and I just could feel myself weak and I'm like this for over an hour. And I jumped, when I was finally able to get up, I, all I could say was, thank you, Lord. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I was like 300 pounds, it fell right off of me. <laughs> and that was my, I want to say kind of my first experience in deliver self-deliverance or deliverance. Oh, yeah, the Holy you, Spirit. When you talked about the weight, that I remember Paul saying, you know, the, the law comes to to reveal sin. And like that, he's talking about the law, like that weight that pushes over you. All of a sudden, you're like, this is what I got to do. And that weight pushing down and pushing down. But it does. it's not to reveal sin to condemn, but for deliverance. And when that when that law is completed, you know, when Jesus completes the law, and when you let him do that in your life, it's just the freedom. It's even amazing just that humor it shows in our in our Father. <laughs> just right from the beginning, and when I, as soon as I opened that book, yeah. He was like, he knew exactly where, he was like, he knew right where to hit me. And <laughs> like, who do you think made that page? You, know, made it, <laughs> right. you thought you was opening, he's like, ah, what the? <laughs> and so now we talk, and I've been down there to see him once or twice. And I look at that dude and go, you know, while you were, here's God talking to you, you know, and he, he's prompting you, he's wanting you to reach out. He don't even know you hate him. And God never explained to you that, Eric, this is I'm going to heal you, man. I'm going to yeah. set you free. I'm going to restore a relationship with, to you and for you. But God doesn't explain it that way. He's just saying, will you trust me? Will you believe me? Will, will you get out the boat? Yeah. Because we, and we don't know what he, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was that first step in trusting with with yeah. the with my father and with our father. Yeah. It's kind because of the, that was a big weakness I had was trusting. trusting. Kind of a healing between <laughs> you and your heavenly yeah, father. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's getting two fathers with one <laughs> one healing right there, one set and free, you know. So So when tell me about like when, you know, the first time that you really said okay, you know, Jesus, you're the one. Where, where, where was the point in your life where you, you know, came to the point where like, all right, Jesus, I believe. It's not just the creator. It's not just the father, but I believe there's a son. What was that point in your life that, that brought that change about? Pinpointed exactly was at KCC at our church. <laughs> uh -huh. We were during that Blow the Trumpet conference. That was like seven years ago, I want to say. Mm. And it was... Uh, I think there was a group up here from Bethel, not Bethel Academy, and they were doing worship music, and there was a young blonde lady there that was prophesying, and she stopped and looked right at me and came up to me and asked me if I wanted to see the love of the Lord. I'm mm. like, absolutely, you know. <laughs> I'd love, you know, I'm hungry for the Lord. This is, I'm already been been good through a little deliverance with about with my father like I just talked about and <coughs> she's all okay now close your eyes and she told me to picture a pink elephant with purple 
polka dot. I'm like, what does this guy do with what we're doing here, you know? I'm like, okay, I'll humor this girl, you know? I'm like, okay, I'll find picture. I think, okay, I got this pink, this elephant with the polka dots, you know? She's now, you got that? And she's like, now, picture the, picture your father looking into your eyes. And man, instantly that elephant turned into the most amazing eyes looking at me with the most amazing love filling my heart. My whole body is just like a waterfall coming over me. Wow. And this is in the second row at the Kate, right where I sit. <laughs> that was, that must have been Ruth, right? Stephen Ruth who had come up and she, yeah. yeah. And uh, those eyes just hit me and it's, <laughs> to that, I still to this day, I, <laughs> I can just see him every single time I think about it. Wow. It was overwhelming, and you know, and it hit me to the ground. And it's when I knew that about the love of the Father was real. Yeah. And that everything that I'd been doing was <laughs> on my own, you know. Yeah. It's just funny because all the way over here, I'm listening to 88.1, and they're talking about the. Isaac and Ishmael, yeah. and about the, the works of the flesh and the, the works of the spirit. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I'm sure the, the pink elephant wood part was just to get you, like, some, even when we're not extremely religious and, and, like, reserved and have all these ideas, we still have, to some extent, our ideas about God and our limiting factors and trying to get you out of your mind. And, and the ability to be surprised by something that... And that was, I think that's what it was, too, was a little bit of humor to kind of open me up or, you know, to get me out of myself there. To, I yeah. kind of looked at it that way, too. Yeah, I love it, man, because I like, you know, you know, I, I always have this picture that I, you know, like all the religions of the world, they, they have a box, yeah. and God's the ocean. And some of the religions go to the world and they <clears throat> and they just touch their box in the ocean and the bottom's wet. And they get a little bit of God on there. And some of them go a little further and they'll fill the box halfway or partway. Some of them get really bold and they go to the ocean and they fill it all the way to the top, but they put the lid on. And then you know, on Sunday mornings, you know, between the three hymns and the four hers, they take the lid off. And they go, ooh, look, the ocean's yeah. moving. But then the moment it goes to get out of the box, they're like, ooh, put the lid back on. We can't let the ocean out the box. Yeah. And then I think if you go to the ocean, though, and you ain't got no box, and maybe that's what the pink elephant with the polka dots for you was, hey, man, I, I got to undo this box, this preconceived idea that he has about me, that he thinks that I'm this restrictive, regulated guy that's just a big judgmental God that had been displayed to you on the reservation. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. This big angry God, yeah. you know? And so if you go to the ocean and you ain't got no box, then man, you you stick your toe in or you wade part way in. But if you wade all the way out into the ocean and you sink down in and you get drowned in the ocean of God, the ocean of God's love, you see what I'm saying? Then he fills you with himself. And that's a, that's a moment there where all the preconceived ideas kind of go away as yeah. he begins to reveal himself to you. And I, I, I truly believe that's God's heart. God wants to reveal himself to us. Yeah. And there, there's so many, you know, the United States government would love us to have blind faith in them. 
But you know, you got to be pretty <laughs> dumb to take, you know, to drink that Kool Aid. You know what I'm saying? So there ain't nobody out there that we could put truly put blind faith in. But the one guy that we could bl- put blind faith in doesn't expect us to have blind faith. He just wants us to trust him. And if we step out in trust, if we step out in the obedience, he said, that's what I've been waiting for. Now, let me reveal myself to you. And he comes through like a flood. He comes through with humor, you know, and and then we begin to, you know, we realize, wow, man, you, you're, you're, you're nothing like what I thought. You're nothing like what I've been taught. You're nothing like what, you know, uh, what's the, the picture that's been put to me by yeah. by these uh, kind of self-righteous religious traditions, you know? And then that, to me, that's when it becomes fun. That's when it's an adventure to follow Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? Because you you get to begin to be, see him become real in your world, hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think if you stop and think about it, both of you could sit here, if you really, really thought about it, and you can look at things where God began to move things in your life. You know, sometimes some of the moving is uncomfortable because oh, yeah. he's moving some stuff out Absolutely. so he can move things in. You know, it wasn't comfortable for you to have to come to the place where you got to call that dad who you thought had rejected you all those years. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that felt pretty uncomfortable to, to, to get bold enough to say, all right, all right, I'll do it. Well, and I you thought know? I was crazy. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I see my own thoughts telling me to call it hey. <laughs> Yeah, why would I do that, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know? You're talking about boxes, I guess you could say. The, the more you have it all figured out, the smaller your box is. Yeah, and then you have you have God inviting His people to whom He's revealed the ocean to come in, and you've got the people who are off on the side trying to you know out in their their hippie wild mystical ways. When they counter a drop of water, they're all over it. They're like, let's figure this out. Let's run after this. I was like, I like their heart. Let's. But He wants them to come to the ocean when he invites his own people yeah. are they willing to go or they don't want their boxes to get messed up but like you said the adventure he wants to draw he wants that response that if we get a drop of water we're like wow this is amazing i want to see what this i want more of this and a, a learning experience a relational experience of encountering god instead of a top-down you know it's like the way the way we teach people in school the way we teach kids in school that shuts them down i know everything now it's time for you to learn what I know so that you can become like me. And that's the most boring way to learn anything in the, in the history of humanity. That's not yeah. how you teach people. And we can't do that with Christianity either because it's a relational experience that he draws you in and he brings Well said. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. God, God don't teach like that. God <laughs> teach from right alongside you, you know, walks alongside with yeah. you, you know. And there's plenty of times. It's, it's going to seem crazy to you, man. It's sometimes it's going to take you outside of yourself because it's going to feel uncomfortable sometimes because he's trying to do something more, you know, than what you are seeing at that moment. He, you didn't realize, man, I have a tremendous, I have a surprise for you, son. I got a healing coming for you that you never even had. And then when, when that healing comes, I'm going to knock you in the floor and you're going to cry and you're going to laugh and you're going to experience all of this at one time. But that's what my love feels like, son. Yeah. It's all over you at once. It's on you like ugly on a monkey. 
You know what I'm saying? And then, and the beauty of that was when you encountered God's love. I know for me, when I encountered it, it was like, it felt so good, I wanted to give it away. And that's the, one of the beauties of following Christ is when you encounter him, genuinely encounter him, that you, you realize you don't, you, not only can you not, you can't keep it to yourself. You don't want to no. keep it to yourself. You want to give it away. You want you know? to know what he's done for you. <laughs> yeah. You know? Let them have that same joy, yeah. that same life. You know, then you realize, wow, those poor folk that were on the reservation who was representing him to you that way, that they were so uptight that they was missing the real him. Yeah. You know? I often think of Jesus like Pete Townsend of The Who, you know? Pete Townsend used to do that windmill thing on a guitar, <laughs> you know, and the, the Who would sing that song, you know, can you see the real me, the real me, the real me? You know, and all the time I'm like, Jesus is like, do you want to see the real me? Do you want to see the real me, the real me? You know? Because it don't look night. I don't look nothing like what you've been told. I don't look nothing like what you think. I'm a whole lot more exciting than that. I'm a whole lot more fun than that. You know? And a whole lot more love than that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well said, well said, yeah. A whole lot more love than that, you know? Yeah.